Greetings and salutations, everyone. It is your host, Ian the Rhino, and I am back for another episode of Fortitude Live, the podcast. This will be episode seven. Um, Really love this episode. I had the opportunity back when I was down in Tulum, Mexico in August for my 30th birthday. Shh, don't tell anyone that I'm 30. Um, I had the opportunity to chat with Michelle, Jean, and Joan of Tulum Strength Club. Michelle is a I believe, don't don't kill me if I get this wrong, Michelle, a WBFF Diva Fitness International Champion in the 35 and up age division. She's absolutely shredded right now. If you go look at her Instagram page, she just competed, I believe, in Miami uh, in late November and killed it at her show. I believe she won or placed highly. Don't quote me on that. I'm having a hard enough time keeping up with everybody these days and what everybody's up to and doing. Jean is a two-time pro natural bodybuilding champion in the WBFF uh, league. And Joan is Michelle's mom. And she actually is one of the most impressive fitness transformation stories that I've ever seen, I have to admit. And likely uh, one of the most impressive transformation stories that you guys have ever seen, hundreds of thousands of you, as evidenced by the size of her Instagram account. I think she's approaching a million followers these days, um, which is insane. Um, But she was actually found herself at 69 years old, overweight on a ton of medications and not feeling or looking her best as many people inevitably do at that age. And she decided to take accountability and spoke to Michelle. Michelle spoke to her and they started her on, uh, you know, eating better and lifting weights. And now at I believe it's been about two or three years at 72 don't quote me on that again, but I think I got that right. Um, she has dropped about at least, I believe, 60 or 70 pounds, and her strength numbers have shot up a ton. And the stuff she's doing, she's out running around on the beach in a bikini and living her best life and really just setting a huge example for anyone um, you know, around her age or even younger, just going to show that you, you're not limited by your age. And I'm such a huge proponent of this because I come from a healthcare background. I've worked in the ICU. I've seen people at age 50 or 60 in hospital beds thinking they're at the end of their life. And it's like, you're really not. If you're using your age as an excuse as to why you can't do things or why you're tired or why you're this or why you're that, it's really, it's really shouldn't be the case. And there's no excuse for not having to get your nutrition in order or not having your nutrition in order, not exercising, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of accountability. I'm not a fan of a victim mentality. You know, just because you hit a certain age doesn't mean you can't be fit, doesn't mean you can't have a ton of energy, doesn't mean you can't look good. So, you know, if if anything, if there was any huge takeaway from this podcast that I want you guys to get from it, it's that that above all is the case. And I hope, uh, you know, in listening to Joan and listening to Michelle and listening to Jean, that um, that you get some really good insights and takeaways from them. I definitely did myself. Um, there is a little bit of an echo in the episode, but don't worry about that. It still came out really nice. Um, 
So just listen and enjoy. Uh, as always, this episode is brought to you by Certified Piedmontese, um, real Nebraska beef bred with an inactive myostatin gene, which results in cows that are not given hormones, are not given steroids, are not given any of that nonsense, all natty, jacked, muscular, buff beef. Um, this results in a, uh, a, a cut of steak that is very high in protein, very low in fat, low in cholesterol, tastes good, is tender, extremely flavorful, humanely raised and processed, and the people behind the company are absolutely amazing. Probably one of my most favorite companies that I've ever had the chance to work with. Love them all. I've met them on several occasions. And uh, if, if anything, if there's a group of people you could support, they're definitely doing good things in the industry and promoting a standard across the board that is unparalleled. So definitely go to their website, check them out. Uh, you can find them at www.piedmontese.com. Um, I post about them all the time, but um, you can find them there. If you do happen to want to try a product, try one of their cuts. Uh, at checkout, use code FORTITUDELIVE25. That is all one word. And you will get 25% off your order, which is a pretty, pretty huge savings. Anyways, guys, have a listen. Enjoy this episode. Like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Show it to your friends. Try to get the word out. Send it to your mom, your dad. Really, there's so many people that can benefit from this episode. And not just people in their 20s and 30s. Send this to your parents. Send this to your grandma. Send this to your granddad. Show them Jones show them Jones profile and you know kind of put the accountability on them to get it together because there once again there is really no reason you know why people can't treat their bodies better uh, to some degree and start looking and feeling better and enjoying their life again maybe where they weren't before. Take it easy guys. enjoy it. We are rolling. It is the Fortitude Live podcast, and I am your host, Ian the Rhino. Now, for those of you guys listening, I have been out of the country in none other than Tulum, Mexico. And since I've been down here for about a few days, I've had the chance to meet some interesting people. And I found myself not too far away from where I was staying in the Tulum Strength Club. Now, at Tulum Strength Club, there are a few pretty unique and interesting guests here um, that I have the pleasure to meet, and uh, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? All right, my name is, uh, thank you for that introduction, sure. uh, Ian. Uh, my name is uh, Jean-Jacques, Jean-Jacques uh, Barrette. That doesn't sound Mexican. No, it's uh, <laughs> pretty much francophone. Okay. Montréal, <laughs> Quebec, Canada. Uh, I'm the co-owner of uh, Tulum, uh, Tulum Strength Club okay. with my wife, who I believe, uh, well, she's absolutely amazing, but I think she <laughs> will introduce herself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a co-owner of Tulum Strength Club with, uh, with Jay, and uh, it's been a long time dream of mine to come down here and have a retreat center. So this was our first sort of business-wise dipping our toe in the water and seeing what it's like to actually have a business in Mexico, um, pay taxes, deal with uh, um, the various certifications that you need yeah, to own a business. So it was just like a very safe, conservative way to, to see what it was actually like to be I an bet. expat working in I Mexico. Bet. And we've loved it. Yeah, yeah. What, what, um, we're missing our third guest <laughs> <Yes>. here. <laughs> okay, I'm Joan McDonald, and um, under the pseudo of Train with Joan, 
Um, Michelle's is my daughter, and JJ is my son-in-law. And I have the privilege of being here. And each time I come, it's been a little longer. <laughs> whether they <laughs> whether they want me or not, I'm oh, wow. staying. <laughs> so, so you we want you? We want you. So who all? Who all? So why don't we? Why don't we take a little bit of step back? How did you guys end up here? Out of all places, I got I got to hear the story. So every time I go around and I, I chat and I get a chance to talk with everybody, everybody has such an interesting story. Especially here, if you're not originally from Tulum, Mexico, the people I've talked to so far since I've been down here have a very interesting story about how they ended up down here. So why don't you guys take me back a little bit? Um, I know JJ, you mentioned you're from Canada. Michelle, you're from Canada. Um, so, so where were you guys before here, and what were you doing? I guess I would probably start with with me yes. because yeah. I first came here in 2006. Um, <clears throat> I was living a very different life at the time. I was doing mm -hmm. yoga principally. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, going through a stage of my life in my mid-30s where, where I was trying to find myself mm -hmm. and figure out what I wanted to do with mm -hmm. my life. And a good friend of mine from yoga um, insisted that I come down and do a yoga retreat. So I came down kind of reluctantly, mm. um, and I fell in love with the place immediately. I knew from the first visit that I wanted to make a life here. I just didn't know how to fit all the pieces together. And um, it, the place was saturated with yoga. So I'm like, well, I you yeah. know, can't come down here and open a yoga studio. There's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, there's already so much yoga here. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I wasn't in fitness yet. I hadn't mm -hmm. met JJ yet. My mom was 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a very, very different <laughs> scenario. And that first year, I came back 12 times. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just I came back so many times that I actually had free, fl free flights uh, mm -hmm. just to come mm -hmm. down here. And it was a running joke with the people that I had developed friendships with here that, oh, oh there's Michelle again. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and then when I met Jay, um, just after my, I spent my 40th birthday here, um, and I was, uh, I met Jay um, shortly after that. How'd you guys meet? Was he like doing downward dog and you were behind him? And <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Actually, the, the first time we met, we met at a fitness competition back oh, in cool. Montreal. Okay. Um, very briefly, like 30 seconds, one of my athletes, uh, I'd kind of become friends with Michelle. Uh -huh. um, the way you become friends with somebody in the tanning in room. In the tanning room, yeah. exactly. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, hey, can you pass that bottle of lotion, please? <laughs> Get my back. And so it, it was really brief. I was, mm -hmm. at the time, I was at a team of eight athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, that shows I was kind of pretty busy. Okay. And uh, so she said, hey, Jay, um, here's Michelle. Michelle, JJ, hey, how you doing? Have a good show. Yeah. And she, she had introduced me to him, I think, because when we were in the car, she, she, we both were at the same tanning booth, and then she drove me home to the venue. And um, I had just a really, like, this was back in 2010, where online mm -hmm. coaching was really, really rudimentary. Sure. And, um, like, I literally had a cookie-cutter program. I don't mm -hmm. think um, my... It was a big organization, and mm -hmm. I had like a uh, a coach that was kind of overseeing many people. But she, I don't know that she was a real coach, not the way maybe we might see an, a really great online physique coach these days. Mm -hmm. I don't even think she knew I was competing or sure. when my show was. I had mm -hmm. no peak week, nothing. And so I was fascinated by this other girl who mm -hmm. was getting text messages from her coach, who was Jay, mm -hmm. you know, how much water have you had, have another rice cake, and mm -hmm. you know, I was like, wow, this is the kind of coaching yeah. I want, and so I was asking her some questions, and she said, oh, I'll introduce you to my coach, mm -hmm. so that's sort of what prefaced, you know, her introducing me to Jay. Yeah. 
And so this was, a, what year was this around? 2010. 2010. Yeah. Joan, what were you doing around then? <laughs> <laughs> Eating cookies. Getting bigger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you weren't, you weren't always this jacked. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't start until I was in my late, my 70th year, almost 71, before I even started. Oh, my. All right, we're going to save that to later because I'm going to okay. go into that super <laughs> okay. in-depth. So, so maybe, maybe 10 years ago you guys were competing. Now, uh, JJ, I know you have a good amount of experience. Michelle, you have a good amount of experience in this. Both of you guys you know, run the gym. You run this excellent coaching business clearly words gotten around the industry that you guys are like some of the best coaches because i've seen some of the athletes you guys work with they look phenomenal how did that kind of come together or, or jj did you have you how long have you been doing uh, competitions for so my first year competing was back in 2007 okay yeah and at that time uh, i was really passionate about uh, bodybuilding uh-huh. um you know the nutrition training etc but everything in terms of getting on stage, um, I needed help sure. at that time. So um, in a weird kind of way, um, I ended up meeting um, who turned to be like a really good mentor of mine mm-hmm. and a coach as well. And he said, Jay. Um, you met Yannick. Yannick. Yeah, his mm-hmm. name is uh, Yannick okay. Moray, uh, okay. back in Montreal. Um, Ex-Olympian. So oh, wow. uh, yeah, so I was really like. Uh, For yeah. bodybuilder or physique? or He was a uh, bobsleigh. Oh, okay. Athlete for uh, oh Olympian, a, Olympian, Olympian. Oh. Yeah. not Mr. Olympian, sorry, <laughs> an Olympian athlete in, in yeah. bobsleigh, and um, and he had a private gym, very yes. well known, uh, like garage type gym that mm-hmm. um, had a couple other coaches that had Olympian athletes, and so it was a really all natural, mm-hmm. very science based community sure. of top coaches. Sure. It was like a think tank in Montreal. Sure. It was called the Batcave. Yeah, it was called the Batcave. Oh, wow, that's cool. And he happened to be, um, I think it was back in 2003 or four, um, Mr. Universe. Okay. He won the Mr. Universe oh, wow. natural competition. So so good genetics. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man, the size of his quads was like, abs- like I never saw a quad sweep as Big as is, wow. I guess I was sold because I was like, "Wow, man, those quads we yeah, you can be sure, a coach." Sure, uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I, I started with them. Did my first um, first three competition actually mm-hmm. in two thousand seven, and I really got hooked. I was like, "Wow, okay, I would I would love to um, coach people to get ready for." And you for ended up working at the back cave. Yes, mm-hmm. and I ended up working at the Which back cave as well. Which was huge because for sure because from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that there's one thing to say, okay, I did it, let's coach people, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's so many questions, so many things that will happen that you're like, what should I do? Small details. Small details in Mm -hmm. this type of situation, what can I do? Mm -hmm. And having Yannick and having those guys, Mm -hmm. Sebastian Boucher, Sebastian Boucher, another like encyclopedia, Hugo Hugo as well. Um, Having a network of coaches A network of coaches. Available like I knock at the door. Yannick. Very educated. Yeah, and say, very invested in continuing mm-hmm. education. Yeah, and I was like, Yannick, okay, I have this problem. Can you help me out? Mm-hmm. So I got really, really mentored well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next year, I had my first team of uh, three athletes, and mm-hmm. slowly and surely, uh, the rest is uh, history. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. So how many competitions have have either of you <laughs> both done? Oh my God! Mom's <laughs> been to almost all of yes. them. Okay, John has been to all. John, you tell me how many? <laughs> dozens, dozens. Wow! Man, because they don't just do it in one place. Mm-hmm. They did a lot in Canada, mm-hmm. but they they go to the states. Yeah, yeah. They've 
gone to the Bahamas. Oh, wow. We're hopefully going to London <laughs> in November. <laughs> yeah. In November. Right. I just, I've never been across the pond. Um, really? This is going to be just... It's exciting. Yeah, Mom, very Mom exciting. was at my first competition. So when I started, I had no idea. And it mm -hmm. all seemed this, you know, when you're just a little yeah. squid, it just all mm -hmm. seemed big and exciting. I was living in the States at the time. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to go start with Canada because I'm a Canadian. Mm -hmm. So I went online <laughs> and I found out all the Canadian shows. Absolutely no idea what um, the OPA was or the IFBB or mm -hmm. the WBFF or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, read some reviews and I just thought, well, my first year, why don't I just try all of them? Mm -hmm. And so I literally, I was about 104 pounds oh, wet. Wow. And um, how tall are you? 5'2. Five 5'2, two. Five two? okay. I'd had six months of, you know, beginner style bodybuilding mm -hmm. under my belt. Mm -hmm. And um, I picked the show, which was the IDFA International Championships. Flew into uh, flew Ooh. into Toronto. Mum met me. Mm -hmm. We had the little Foreman grill in the <laughs> hotel. I used to take that around with me. I oh, traveled right. with a Foreman grill. Yep. It was a little one. Yep. And I had and she would make my meals. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I had that. I remember having one of those in college. Some positive memories, some negative memories. <laughs> you know, I, all I remember is you had to stay on top of cleaning oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it might, otherwise, it might start smelling funny. Yeah, there was little, you had a little travel with a little cleaning kit, little thing of yeah. soap. And, um, yeah, so I have a lot of memories of mom with me all yeah. throughout my, my humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. and, and you started off shows. at Bikini, which was good for you anyway mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you I and mom was a great judge she yeah. would sit in that audience and mm -hmm. she would pick the winners and uh -huh. <laughs> oh yeah and she would give you like the specific reasons she would give well, me the specific girl, reasons why this girl, girl wouldn't yeah, yeah it was pretty funny yeah um and i have no idea what i'm doing but <laughs> and what's, what's interesting now is i have all these great photos of me yeah, and mom sure. together you know i'm bright orange because it was more mm -hmm. in the uh, the jantana back then in those yeah. days and there's mom and you can see how big she was and it's, it's still like, even though it's true that mom would say she was, you know, her moods were very, very different when she started on the bodybuilding, mm -hmm. you know, the lifestyle bodybuilding routine that, mm -hmm. that I have her on. She, in all the pictures, she's smiling and she's mm -hmm. just full of love and she was so happy and excited mm -hmm. to see me having fun and doing something I loved. And um, so that's, you know, also really great to have those wonderful memories of her all through my shows. Yeah. Now, now I have a really good question I think a lot of people will, will really like to hear you to you guys answer you're you know you're you started out you were involved in yoga and Joan you were a little more sedentary um, oh yeah <laughs> and and so you know the, the seems like there's this big misconception I still hear even you know it's 2020 and you have social media and people are seeing other people's transformations and things and it seems like there's still this misconception with a lot of females that I know that lifting weights is going to make you bulky or manly or, you know, this or that. And so a lot of, you know, women are kind of dissuaded because maybe they see female bodybuilders or this or that. So, you know, you started out, you were involved in yoga. Now, did you have any, like when you started lifting, did you have any type of, you know, um, any type of uh, preconceptions? Were you a little bit nervous about getting into lifting weights? Or did you, you know, how, how was that transition for you? Um, no, I didn't, I didn't have any misconceptions that lifting weights was going to make me bulky. I think I've always kind of known that um, mm -hmm. I had a smaller build. Okay. And that gaining muscle would be hard. And I, I sure. started when I was, when I was 39. Sure. So, 
you know, age and my natural genetic build, I knew it would be um, hard. I think maybe the one misconception I had, and we laugh about it now, is that I, I refuse to train certain body parts like my triceps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember. We, Jay and I would have arguments. I was, I, he was my, you know, he was a real online coach because as soon as we met, I had to fly to India and I worked there for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So he coached me online in India. Okay. And, um, and I was like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing any tricep work. I don't want my arms to get too big. I'm a, I have to get shoulders and glutes and, and quads and that's in hamstrings and that's it. Um, now I understand that to complete the physique, you sure. need to train the whole body. And of course, sure. you know, certain bodies, yes, more than others to, mm -hmm. to shape, but, um, yeah, getting, getting bulky wasn't really an issue for me. And I don't know, mom, you started bulky, so. <laughs> yeah, Joan, how, 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 let's go ahead and talk I about was a, that. Actually, I was a little bit of afraid with the weights that I might end up looking uh, masculine. Uh -huh. We had this gal, I didn't know if she was a gal, <laughs> at our gym that was really, like she looked like a guy, but she had breasts. And I'm going, I don't know if that's a real, a he mm -hmm. or a she. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't want to really look like that. Mm -hmm. But um, these guys are smart. Yeah. They're not going to overemphasize anything. And I am not on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was going to get Kiss to my <laughs> patootie. I am not on steroids. I was going to give you a chance to tell, that, to tell that to everybody live right now. It's like done. It's a, I, th I am this way because I guess I'm built this way. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Well, because you work and you follow and you a diet. You I know. But sure. I mean, even when I was um, a teenager and I had my leg operated on mm -hmm. and that, and I can remember the surgeon saying, oh, you got legs like a guy. Good, or, or just it was a, not what I wanted to hear yeah, at age sure. 15. What year was this in? 1902. <laughs> <laughs> The 50s, well, I was right? 15 years old. Yeah. yeah, it'd be the 50s. Okay, so you were so, born in 46. Yeah. So, so maybe 50s, back then, 60s. you know, times were a little less modern, and and yeah. doctors were a little bit more biased towards certain. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Most definitely, mm -hmm. and I've I, I've learned that the hard way that, um, just watching other like I had friends whose siblings were older, mm -hmm. watching them go through when they reached. 40 doctors were just giving them pills. Mm -hmm. You know, as soon as you reach 40, you know, you're done. Yeah. And give them pills, give them pills, give them pills. So, so I think that's a, it's a really good chance to go into that. Um, Michelle, you had mentioned you were involved in yoga and you transitioned to weight training and it wasn't as difficult of a transition for you. JJ, you're a guy, you love to lift, you love to bodybuild, you're surrounded by some great coaches. And so that was kind of a seamless transition for you yeah. and you got a, you know, had a great support system. Joan, you were a little bit more overweight, maybe you were, had been a little bit more sedentary and, you know, you were, you found yourself, you know, at an age later in life where you weren't at sort of the level of health that you felt you wanted to be at. Now you mentioned, you know, just now that seemingly at the, at that time that, you know, after 40 doctors just slap you on a bunch of pills and, and, you know, kind of send you on your way. Now I have a very interesting, um, perspective on that because by career I'm a registered nurse mm -hmm. and I've spent three years in the ICU and well two and a half and then the re another year or two working agency and I kind of find myself in this unique uh, position now where I'm working with people and training and nutrition so I have sort of a, a, a 
insight from the healthcare professional standpoint and the training and nutrition side of things. And I couldn't agree more, you know, with some of the things that you guys are doing in terms of strength training, in terms of nutrition, you know, especially with you and your health. And my mom is in her early 60s and she used to, she wasn't always super active. I think around 40, she fell off a ladder, broke her heel, couldn't, you know, was in a boot for a long time. Yeah, shattered her heel. Uh, was in a boot for a while and that was actually the stimulus that got her into triathlons mm. because she actually started doing rehab and was biking and doing all these things and, and it just kind of like it and started to like it and mm. so then you know five years later she finds herself doing you know olympic distance triathlons half iron tri wow. half iron man triathlons and that sort of stuck and it was around that time that i personally started getting into working out and, you know, me, her, and my brother, and my dad, to a limited extent, um, started, you know, kind of becoming this active family and kind of, you know, everybody was playing sports. And um, so, so, you know, you find yourself at this age later in life and seemingly with, you know, society and culture telling you, you know, that you're just supposed to be on this, you know, downhill coaster or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I can't imagine how frustrating that must be. Cause like I see you now and you guys are biking, you're doing all this cool stuff. You're lifting weights. It's like, you know, you're, you're living your life and you're enjoying it and you're feeling positive. JJ told me a story earlier about how you <laughs> took a spill off a bike and you popped oh, yeah. right back up and kept on riding. And, <laughs> you know, for someone like me hearing that, you know, a lot of my patients in the hospital, falls are probably one of the biggest, yeah. most prevalent things in healthcare that land someone in the hospital. And that the outcomes afterwards, they usually don't, they don't, one of the biggest reasons that, that, yeah, that patients don't, you know, thrive after that is simply just because their body can't tolerate the bed rest because their muscles atrophy and, um, and, and you know, they, they go through PT and the PT is sometimes successful, sometimes it's not su successful because patients may be more or less motivated, whatever. But so you find yourself, you know, late 60s, around 70. And, and what was kind of the, the spur that got you in the gym? Was it your daughter or? <laughs> well, my daughter plus um, my doctor was going to put me on a higher dose of um, blood pressure pills okay. because... Okay. I had a, an, an issue with my kidneys, okay. and um, it was going up. Mm -hmm. My blood pressure was going mm -hmm. up, and, and we had to get it down. And I knew you've been on blood pressure. I didn't know this at the time, but okay. she'd been twenty on blood odd years yeah. pressure medication. So, like a, and a I was beta told, blocker, or do, uh, you, do you know? It's okay if you don't. I I can't even remember the app. I can't even remember the name okay. of the stuff. Okay. Anyway, um, and acid reflux. And acid reflux. Okay. And mom and has a history of um, inflammatory disease in her family. They yes. have oh, yeah. a cyst. Uh, She's already okay. had her uh, her uterus removed for a giant cyst. And okay. it's really in Tumor, the family. Yeah. Arthritis is in the family. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gout okay. is in the family. It's okay. not that I never had did exercises. I used sure. to play lob ball. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I skated. I, yeah, sure. You were I active. I did stuff. Did I was active, yeah. but I wasn't. In, like a gym, yeah. yeah. Like not at a gym. Yeah. Like you're doing, structure. actually doing yeah. exercises sure. constantly. Sure. Um, the, the other thing, um, 
I wanted to get off the pills. Yeah. And they told me that I would never be able to get off oh. the blood pressure pills. Mm -hmm. And when I told Michelle, she says, if you follow what I tell you and mm -hmm. do everything I tell you, I guarantee that mm -hmm. you will be off them. Okay. So when we started this and I started losing weight, my blood pressure was coming down. Mm -hmm. My doctor was monitoring it. And uh, she asked me what I was doing. And I said, well, my daughter's got me on this program and I'm trying to lose weight. And now my blood pressure is coming down. So what happened was it went the other way. Mm -hmm. I went down too far. Okay. I was about 98 over 58 or something oh, wow. like that. Okay. I ended up in hospital. Yeah. Because um, you almost you went from being hypertensive to almost a little hypotensive. Yeah, because of the medication. Because, because of the medication. medication. So, so the yeah. doctor, no, she didn't stop me right off. Okay. She just kept decreasing, decreasing it, it mm -hmm. decreasing it. And by November of that year, I was off. Uh -huh. Off the acid reflux. Wow. Wow. Off the blood pressure, and off the um, my kidney doctor had me on maintenance mm -hmm. cholesterol. Okay. Pills, and okay. I'm going. Why do I have to? maintenance if it's not really bad <laughs> yeah like I, I just didn't like they and were I was afraid. starting yeah I was starting to not believe in doctors yeah <laughs> by then I'm going what do they do this because to you for? everything you're doing at this point is defying what their brain is telling them they should be doing with a patient of your mm -hmm. age mm -hmm. they're they're th in in western medicine you know that they, they think that you know after after 50, 60, it's very unheard of in North America, at least, for people of you know your age to not be taking medication. And because of that, there is this misconception that after this certain age, it's just like, oh, well, this is just the normal. Yeah, it's a given. It's the normal course of things, whatever. When in reality, you know, I personally find that that's more of a cop-out than anything. And I find that that's more so people just being stuck in bad habits, maybe eating too much, moving too less, um, you know, not getting out, not doing things. So when you started this this sort of transition and Michelle started training you, what was, what was, how did that look initially? Like what, like how many days a week were you training? What were, what were some of the first things she had you do with Four your diet? Four days a week I was training. So you it started took me out. way longer than I'm, it was supposed to take okay. because I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. Okay. I didn't know anything about these electronic things. Okay. Nothing <laughs> about back, apps. Back then, you we delivered programs as a as a as a document. Yeah, yes. it had document. links it to the videos okay. embedded in the document. And yeah. so, did you start coaching her remotely or? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well. Uh, no, I, I was with her. It was just around Christmas time. So I was home. I, I actually, um, I was at home for a powerlifting meet. Mm -hmm. um, and mom came to my powerlifting meet. Mm -hmm. And so I, I implored her to do the program. So yep. she, at that time, I only did 10 women. So she was my mm -hmm. 11th woman. And, um, and so we had, we had a, a, I think, 10 days together in Canada. And then mm -hmm. I brought her back with me to Mexico because I knew um, that, that wasn't enough time. Um, the, the apps were incredibly, they're, the apps are challenging for all my, my, sure. my clients. There's so I, many I, features now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was particularly challenging for, for mom. And so she came back to um, Mexico, back to Mexico with us for another 
10 days? Yes, at she least, was here yeah. for and, said, um, I need, I need more to time to get, her, to get her training wheels and set, you know. Yeah, but, and it was it still was, a, a lot of work to, to help her. And, but I think mom is a testament that you don't have to be perfect. No. Mm-hmm. She was far from perfect in terms of her macros. And even, yeah. you know, she'd get supersets mixed mm-hmm. up and, sure. and tempo wrong. But <laughs> she would she would get the, you but know, I, go there to the I gym and there. train. The general I got gist. there. The general gist. <laughs> you, you, you started moving more than you were and you started eating less calories than you are probably more protein right I, mm-hmm. I don't think it was less calories and this is something that for my mm-hmm. I just work with women and sure. I work with women generally 40 plus and most women okay. come to me with pretty pretty ragged metabolisms they sure. they are able to put on mass yeah. on very little food mm-hmm. but what kills them is irregular, irregular. eating they're yeah. very irregular they under eat under eat under eat it's kind of a it's kind of a capricious if yeah. um, mm-hmm. and so I put them on a standard bodybuilding routine mm-hmm. eating um, which maybe defies some of the current research, but mm-hmm. I wonder who are they studying because mm-hmm. they're definitely sure. not studying my demographic, what I specialize in. Sure. And I have a ton of women that, that um, start, I've put them on baseline macros. So if they mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm eating around 1,500, they mm-hmm. track food for a few days. It's like, okay, they're eating around 1,500. Mm-hmm. I change some of their macro ratios generally, mm-hmm. less fat, more protein. And, um, and I partition the macros out a little bit more better. So we're stabilizing mm-hmm. blood sugar. We're not having mm-hmm. crazy spikes and just yeah. generally, you know, getting them into a, a, a positive state, positive regulated hormonal state. Mm-hmm. And then they, they start losing interest. It, it just comes off and I don't even have to create a deficit. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, you, so, so just to summarize that for people listening, Michelle is basically saying she did not necessarily change the calories because a lot of the women you work with were already eating a pretty low amount of calories. They were just eating it very, very infrequently, probably with very low protein. And so they would get the, you know, they would, and then they would have the weekend or mm -hmm. the dinner with the husband. And then they would overload empty calories Mm because their body's deprived and they need food. So yeah. And the issue also is, and it was a little bit with Joan, uh, what we could see, observe with Joan, Mm -hmm. but more on a daily basis is that, like these women during the weekend, their metabolism is kind of repressed. Mm-hmm. The ability to you know burn a lot of energy, etc., mm-hmm. is on the lower side of things. And then on those weekends, you have like those big meals and mm-hmm. you know sometimes some alcohol and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the body sure. is like, whoa, what do I do? What, with what do all I do this? with this? And there's there's just no there's just very little stimulation because it's yeah. everything they do in terms of their training or whatever is it's so irregular and so nothing's really potentiating any kind of muscle protein yeah, synthesis. Of course. And so of course it seems that once you hit 40, mm-hmm. you know, forget about gaining muscle. Yeah. You got to take drugs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um, just simple basic natural bodybuilding principles mm-hmm. apply lift to weights. regular women. Lift weights. Yeah. Lift weights using progressive overload <laughs> and overload. try to improve your form and your range mm-hmm. of motion and and, and execution. And and then eat in a way that, you know, supports muscle protein synthesis and also supports um, fatty acid metabolism, mm-hmm. breaking down some some stored body fat, you know, using cleverly placed cardio as mm-hmm. well to help drive a deficit. Mm-hmm. And over a long period of time, these miracles, mm-hmm. these impossible miracles occur. And I've, I've got several girls in their 60s and 50s that mm-hmm. have done the gamut like mom of even more so than mom, like went to, from doctor to doctor, to specialist to mm-hmm. functional medicine doctor, trying to find an answer. And mm-hmm. well, it's your age, it's your hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've had surgeries, you know, hip surgery and knee surgeries, and uh, they're just ready to throw in the towel. And then 
they're just, you know, why, why isn't this, when they work with me and they get these, mm -hmm. these, these miraculous changes mm -hmm. and my miraculous changes are slow. Mm -hmm. I don't do six, oh my God, six weeks, she's got a six pack and striated glutes. That's not going to happen. But no. Nope. when you've Nothing. not been able to lose weight and you've just been gaining weight since you've turned 35 or 40 yeah. and all yeah. of a sudden you've lost 10 pounds and 20 pounds mm -hmm. and 30 pounds and you're fitting into clothes you haven't worn since you were, you know, since your second child. Mm -hmm. These are miracles for people that, that are being told it's over. Your hormones are your yeah. hormones. Mm -hmm. You're in menopause. Mm -hmm. And uh, so. Yeah. So we're just trying to make people understand it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. But with well, persistence, with persistence yeah. and a lifestyle change, you can do it. Mm -hmm. They can all do it. So you but mean, you, you mean sorry, <laughs> you, mm. you mean to tell me that all you have to do is lift weights with a decent amount of intensity, push yourself a little bit hard, and each day eat protein regularly throughout the day, control your calories. I know, it's not glamorous, is Ma it? Maybe try to just eat some whole foods, and there's no magic pill, like I shouldn't be taking like a hydroxy, blah, 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 like caffeine, this and that, like that's all, that's it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really... Who, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> well, I often wonder to myself, I'm like, you know, bodybuilders have been doing this, For you know, experts in muscle hypertrophy, mm. manipulating body fat, growing muscle, we're experts at it. Mm. And yet it seems like what's popular and what's on the market now is anything but basic bodybuilding principles. Oh, of course. And I, and I, I just, just scratch my head. It's like, you know, you, if you, if you want to learn how to like run really fast, wouldn't you go mm. and study what Olympic coaches are teaching their sprinters and then imitate that? Why yeah. would you be going to somebody, it you know, no Joe Schmo, who's mm. never coached or won um, an Olympic sprinting event and mm -hmm. do what they say well this is what you should do you should mm -hmm. stand in a box tap your head and rub your belly button and eat <laughs> and eat and eat bacon and if you do that because yeah. i did it and i got a six-pack and look at me mm -hmm. i mean it's just crazy how mixed up the world is we live in a culture of instant gratification mm -hmm. so people want people want what they want and they now. want it now and yesterday and, <laughs> <laughs> and and they want it with the least effort possible and the quickest amount of time possible and i don't necessarily think least effort and quickest amount of time like it's it, it would be great if that were realistic and that could happen but the human body just isn't designed to change that fast yeah. i mean just just you know if you're getting lab work done it takes two to three months to see a change in lab work if you're if your diet or your lifestyle mm -hmm. changes so to actually see a physiological change on a whole from you know a, a large a large amount of weight loss or muscle gain you know you're looking at a long-term change and so one of the things that i find that really helps people stick with changes is if they learn to enjoy the process and if they learn to um you know from the day to day if they're not staring at the scale every day if they learn to enjoy you know the the idea of going to the gym of looking your best and feeling your best and you know getting when when people fixate on those little things that they can't control like the scale or the number that they lift versus the actionable items that they can do every day typically those are the people that get very very frustrated very very quick on a day-to-day -day basis because those are those things that you don't necessarily have so much control over now joan when you started working out you know were you were you looking at the scale at all or were you just doing what she told you like what were some of the things that michelle was having you fixate on in terms of your progress i had i had to put down my my weight and my measurements mm -hmm. and i'm glad that she made me do that because were you the, checking them very frequently the or? scale can lie okay when you start losing inches mm -hmm. that's what tells you that you're sure. you're doing it right of course 
because you've you've changed your fat into muscle and mm -hmm. I knew before even we started this that muscle was heavier than fat yes because I'd read it enough times mm -hmm. but um, I didn't really think about it when I was doing it mm -hmm. until it I was actually going through it and then seeing that okay if the inches are coming off I'm looking better mm -hmm. then the scale is not necessary telling the truth and who cares what you weigh yeah <laughs> nobody but me because nobody yeah. nobody can nobody you're not walking around with a sign on your chest that says i weigh 163 pounds <laughs> nobody knows what you weigh they just see that you have a you know a 20 24 inch waist and yeah you know and and your and your arm you can see your biceps and triceps and you look fit and you're wearing leggings at you know in your 70s well, and well that's that, the other thing <laughs> well, but one of the things that i you know, with Joan witnessing it all is that, um, let's say from, let's say check-in photos to check-in mm -hmm. photos, mm -hmm. is how more and more she was becoming proud of all her daily, her I'll say activities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, daily wins, daily small wins, victories. Small victories. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see it in the way she was posing. You can mm -hmm. see it in the way her, some of her clothes selection. I know Michelle more now is really like, you wanna, you know, you wanna wear something that makes you feel good. With, when you look at yourself, like, wow, I look, I look really amazing. And of you course. could see, like, along the line, if if we would put like all the, let's say, the progress photos, mm -hmm. um, more and more, I guess, pride that Joan was taking at sure. making those, you know, little changes, mm -hmm. little changes happen. And um, and I think that's a, I think that's an important part, like to see. To see those daily wins, and then mm -hmm. to see from time to time that wow, okay, I'm getting somewhere. I'm getting somewhere, and I'm mm -hmm. more comfortable in what I wear. Wow, I'm able to wear clothes, for example, especially for especially for for women. Wear clothes that I never thought I I could wear. Wow, I'm wearing this. I'm looking amazing. Mm -hmm. And those are really powerful. I feel, I guess, imageries or images that you want to keep on. You want to keep on going. A hundred percent. Now, Joan, were you? Did you have days where you messed up and you might have eaten more? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, right? <laughs> so you, you weren't perfect days. every oh, day. <laughs> no, I was not perfect every day. I'm, I'm sure I drove Michelle absolutely bats. But anyway, uh, there's a lot of things that she told me to do that I, I, sort of balked at, mm -hmm. like taking my baggy clothes that hid my body and putting on something that was fitting. Okay. And then I had to suck it in and stand straighter and all the rest of it and putting on a little bit of makeup because I looked so plain. <laughs> but it's a psychological thing. Of course. It's, and that really brought me up. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't... I couldn't argue with you, mm -hmm. her after a while uh -huh. because it was having a, a, a positive a, effect on me. Yeah, just feeling and good about that's yourself. That's how I. That's when I tell some of the people that you know, that talk to me on Instagram. I, you know, do these little things, and you'll you'll really yeah. come along a long way. Yeah. And it's not that we're all perfect. It's uh -huh. not that we're going to be. Even the other day, they were saying, you know, "I'd like to look like you." Mm -hmm. You don't want to look like me. You want to look, look the like best yeah. of what you are. Mm -hmm. Where you're unique. Mm -hmm. You need to be 
just to prove to yourself that mm. you can be the best. Yeah, and oftentimes I think a lot of people haven't even seen that from themselves, so they don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I just uh, I sent out an email to a lot of my uh, members recently talking about how can you set an, a weight expectation on yourself saying, I want to be this weight or I want to look like this. When you've never been there before, you don't even know how your own body will look after eight, 12 weeks, six months of mm-hmm. putting in the work on these habits. You could look better than that. You know, you don't, you don't even know what your own body's going to look like once you shed the pounds or, you know, once you lose the body fat or once you gain that, you know, five, 10 pounds of muscle or once you've just committed and stuck to something for that length of time. Because oftentimes, how, how are you going to put an expectation on yourself when you haven't even been there before? Yeah. So well, you have, to be, you have to be realistic about your expectations. Because mm-hmm. Michelle asked me, she says, how much do you think you'd like to lose? And I'm going, at least 30 pounds. I think that's a big weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got past the 30 pounds in the first six months with wow. working with her. Okay. And I'm going, okay, I think maybe I've reached my limit. Yeah. You know? And how do you know? She's, that's what she's saying to me. How do you know? Like, you can do more, do more, mm-hmm. whatever. You just live the so lifestyle. So I'm just going, okay, mm-hmm. now I'm curious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the curiosity has yeah. taken me to this point. Sure. And I'm still curious. What, yeah. what it, was it going to be like in another year? Yeah. And it makes you want to, it makes you want to keep on going with sure. those good habits. You're like, okay, where can I, you know, where mm-hmm. can I push this? Where mm-hmm. can I, yeah. and, and. It's true that we really see that, you know, we really see that with, uh, with John, definitely. I really push collages with yeah. my, my clients. Okay. And so um, mom was part of a, um, I run a transformation group, group with my lifestyle woman. Mm-hmm. I, I only work with lifestyle women in a group, mm-hmm. not one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and um, they'd have to do a weekend post. They have to share their, their before Progress. and after. And they always use their original um, application photo with the, mm-hmm. with the data, which sure. is their weight, their waist, and hip and thigh measurements, just those three measurements. And, um, and it's incredibly motivating um, for them. It's, yeah. it, it's always really uncomfortable and awful in the beginning. And then inevitably, by month two, um, although lately my last couple of groups has been like in the first month, they mm-hmm. thank me for making them do it because it, it really shows them, you know, you, you don't know the day, you can't see it in the day-to-day, but when you start measuring weeks and mm-hmm. months, you can really see the enormous amount of changes. And the support that they give each other. And the other. support, mm-hmm, giving know. support. Um, women tend to deflect more. It's hard for them to see progress in themselves sure. and they tend to deflect compliments, but mm-hmm. the process of giving compliments and, mm-hmm. and what it feels like to have your compliment to somebody else positively positively received Hmm. also helps women to stop deflecting and go thank you and really Mm -hmm. start to connect like wow i'm doing this is the guy that made me (laughs) start to accept myself really oh yeah he would he would just be right on my case if i (laughs) if i said anything negative or if i deflected he was right there oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah yeah it was (laughs) like about that like Wow, Joan, like you did amazing on the chin ups. Oh, well, you know, but uh, Joan, you did amazing on the chin ups. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. Wow, Joan, look at the before and after. Oh, yeah, you know, the. Joan, look at the before and after. It looks <laughs> amazing. It's, Take it's it. like been parent parental reversals. Jay actually will yeah. have her come and sit down. He said, "Come here and sit down beside me." Yeah. And he'll really like make her pause and think it through. And yeah. and uh, there's you know people get teary eyed, and it's it's breaking through that <laughs> shell of yes. maybe protection. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and breaking through that and mm -hmm. being having a growth mindset mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to actually connect that you're growing and you're changing mm -hmm. and you're doing great things and when it when you get older it gets really hard for a lot of people to connect with that yeah. it is it's very difficult and then for women i think there's another whole layer of um you know if you if you do love what you're doing there's this fear of um of hubris right like mm -hmm. you'll be judged by your community especially sure. if you come from a smaller town that sure. oh you're getting too big for your bridges or mm -hmm. who do you think you are and when i talk to my clients and we do group group calls a lot of them start crying they're like yeah that's i feel that i feel if i accept a compliment that i'm gonna get i'm gonna get slapped down mm -hmm. um and uh, so we work through that because it's mm -hmm. that's silly you it's, know it's very tough and i think that's something that people of all ages can relate to especially someone who maybe is surrounded by a certain group of people and maybe that group of people tend to, you know, hold you down, you know, if you're the person listening and you decide to sort of break out of that mold and create a change and you're making progress and you're bettering yourself and you get some negative feedback from the people around you because I think it's very common for people to see somebody doing something that they secretly want to do yeah. and wish they could do. And, you know, they see you doing that and they haven't been able to do that themselves. So instead of supporting you and cheering you on and being happy for their, for your success, they want to kind of pull you back to their level. Have, have you experienced that? Oh, yes, most definitely. Really? With, maybe and with I, friends or peers or... And just on my Instagram, I had one today that was just... I like your, I like your story, but you've got to be transparent. You are lying. You've got to tell the people the truth that you're on steroids. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, I ain't telling them that. I'm not on steroids. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I said She was before. so mad. She oh, came oh, out yeah. of her bedroom I and she imagine. was like, I think you just... <laughs> <laughs> I like to pop that person. You know, like, why are you judging me when you have no idea? In the trunk, pop it in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea about what I do, and you're uh. you're judging me, saying that I'm a liar. Which uh. is actually, you know, from a from a you know, I'm a, I'm a real from my standpoint as a coach for older women, it drives me nuts because it's just it's just it's just perpetuating the myth, mm -hmm. which we're trying to fight. Yeah. That once you get older, mm -hmm. you can't put on muscle, and yeah. it's just not true. Yeah, it's just it's, not true. I you think mom's results are yeah. mom's results. Um, you might another sixty or seventy year old might get a, a different result, a different but I personally, as a coach, have seen incredible transformations mm -hmm. from my my, my mm -hmm. older clients mm -hmm. where I'm like, and some girls get on stage, and I'm thinking, I never. And I'm pretty good at seeing a body inside mm -hmm. a body. And sure. I, I never would have guessed that, like yep. Michelle Lee Floor, for example, Lee Floor. when I started to work with her, or Pamela Lusk, or Pamela Elizabeth, these mm -hmm. girls are in their 50s and 60s. And their physiques, their shoulder caps, their their yeah. ab wall, their back muscles, it's just like, wow. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's it's anything is possible. Like mom said, you, know, you pursue, mm -hmm. you go at your own pace, nice. and mm -hmm. you just be inspired by yourself to sure. just continuing to improve your own process, really celebrate the health markers. Yes. And I try to get women, I definitely get women sure. to focus on the health markers, especially mm -hmm. if they are on any, any kind of medication. Mm -hmm. um, performance markers, mm -hmm. right? So people have never squatted before. Even my mom, you know, is <laughs> oh, doing God. a pretty darn good uh, squat. Yeah. How I started out was pretty bad. <laughs> and deadlift, okay. you can deadlift now. And I Actually, you know, I really want to hear about that. What what are what are some of the the number like what are when you started what were you doing versus now what are you doing what are some of kind of the your most proud accomplishments in the gym 
things that maybe you never thought you'd be able to do that you can do now, you know, at in your 70s versus maybe when you're 40 or 50? There's so well, many. The, the, <laughs> yeah, there are. There, the hip thrust was the first the, big one for you. The, yeah. I think I watched that video. It looked like oh you had a lot God. of weight on there. There was a lot of weight on there, and the, she just kept putting on a little, like, I thought they were just little bits. Sneaking you know, on 10 pounds. Sneaking, sneaking on 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be okay, John. Try it. Try it. <laughs> Go ahead. You can do it. You can do it. And then Hattie Boydell was here, too, and she's mm -hmm. encouraging, mm -hmm. you know, oh, you can do it, John. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, now what the heck now have that, you got on Now, there? that being said, um, we, we are form sticklers here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh you know, mom, mom's, mom's like a monkey. She really mm -hmm. imitates okay. really That's well. True. And uh, it's funny because she'll imitate a lot of things that how I lift yeah. or how Jay lifts and she'll imitate us. Uh -huh. It was kind of funny to see her doing that. Yeah. Um, but uh, her form, um, her ability, she has a, some people, some women have a, a almost a, uh, Instinctive. And especially if they've been heavier, uh -huh. I find they're better able to brace. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was incredibly helpful because most people really struggle with, with creating any kind of body tension. And so sure. they're, you know, wobbling when they're pressing mm -hmm. and whatnot. And mom was able to brace. Mm -hmm. um, so the first time she hip thrust in our gym, um, I had her do 135 and it was a bit wobbly, but, mm -hmm. you know, we focused on bracing and getting tight and mm -hmm. um, how to use her, her hips and maintain a hip hinge movement. Mm -hmm. And, um, we just kind of went up from there and I think the I don't think the first day she went up to 200 but I think the second day the second I'm day. like you know what I'm I'm just gonna see where she's going and just keep my eye on her form sure I'm definitely not someone who's gonna I, I hate seeing bad form especially if a, if a lift's gonna end up causing injury so she just she just kept you know, if you see her hip thrust, that's the second time. If you see her hip thrust video, which which mm -hmm. went viral, Brett Contreras yeah. shared and went, and <laughs> Google uh, picked it up for their New Year's ad, mm -hmm. and um, uh, <laughs> and that was her second time hip thrusting, and she went up to two hundred pounds, and um, hell yeah, because I asked what it was. What, what weight it? did you have on there? <laughs> I know the look on your fifteen, <laughs> and I go, what the. <laughs> you know like but now she can do you know 225 pause yeah. and great control and mm -hmm. speaking mm -hmm. of which because we're talking about the hip thrust and some of the <laughs> you know some of the changes mm -hmm. like if we go back at the very beginning mm -hmm. Joan was having like acid reflux she okay. would oh my so God, she would yeah. lie down oh, terrible mm -hmm. she would lie down and then like coming up like kind of doing it kind of a sit-up was really really a challenge sure so to see her three years later mm -hmm. being able to like put 225 pounds on a bar, hip thrusting it with really great good, form, with great form, really, great form. I'm like, wow, she got yeah. her life back. Yeah. How? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How? How? You know that that I we were chatting earlier, and I wanted to bring up this. Um, you know, I've I've been I've been witness or I've read some different statistics and some different studies talking about how um, one of the things was that uh, talking about how strength in, in older populations is one of the biggest predictors of independence and mm -hmm. well obviously and, and you know and morbidity and those statistics and one of the biggest predictors of um, you know how much a senior will thrive is the diet the circumference of your upper leg and specifically like muscle cross uh, like quadriceps cross-sectional area and, you know, as that relates to getting up and sitting down and going upstairs and just simple, you know, activities of daily living. Now, you know, when you were heavier before you, you know, made this transition, Joan, were there certain things in your life that you just had trouble with? 
Like, yeah. like walking up and down stairs was mm-hmm. up and yeah. down. The, did you live in a house with stairs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it was a bungalow, but in order mm-hmm. to do my laundry and everything, I had to go downstairs, and there's twelve steps. Okay. And would you sit there, and would you just like be like, "Damn, I don't want to go up those steps"? Right mm-hmm. now. No, I just. Take it one at a time. Mm-hmm. One at a time, holding, but I on, hate, holding on to yeah. the railing. But I hated and huffing and puffing. Not being puffing able to go puffing. like that. Yeah, sure. I now she almost runs downstairs. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. absolutely well, glorious to see. Yeah, I can. I can almost run up and downstairs. So I, I remember at some points, not to interrupt you, but no, even no. like they have a big garden uh-huh. um, at their places and. Gardening was becoming like a task, uh, really challenging, yeah. like her knees. And I was like, mm, okay. Like she would say. And she couldn't kneel down and get up again. Down, it was yeah. a real like Challenge. effort to kneel, get low, yeah. and then get up. She'd have to like. <sighs> yeah. It was a process. She's 200 pounds. Sure. Yeah. She's five foot three. Yeah. And so, so now you find yourself going upstairs quick. You find yourself gardening, doing all these things that you love to do, it sounds like. I do. I'm, and you, my husband relies on me completely because I'm the one who put in the um, retaining walls. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I wasn't active, active in sports, uh-huh. but I was strong. Yeah. She's always been strong. Always, she would have been a great power lifter. Oh, I, I can bet. I can bet. But, we, you know, lifting blocks that... Cement blocks. Yeah. I have he, a picture of a wheelbarrow full of cement blocks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's mom... I think you, you weren't 200 pounds, but you were probably like 180. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the front yard all the way to the back where we were doing, yeah, we're we're doing, doing the, the addition on the house. Yeah. So, so what are you squatting and deadlifting now, like numbers wise? It's not a great amount of weight. Okay. Um, I think my deadlift is with the bar. 135. 135. 135 okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I'm not really pushing her to go. Sure. I think 135, that's her body weight is. Sure. And plenty enough to get what we want from it. Of course. And then squatting um, is like 95 pounds. But full depth, full range yeah. of motion. Working on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me, yeah. And that's just a recent thing. Cause she, yeah. She was doing dumbbell work and then we graduated to the Smith machine. Smith machine. And um, I don't want to cause injury. So it's, of it's, it's great to get her to do a squat, mm-hmm. um, get a decent amount of weight. Mm-hmm. 95 pounds isn't too bad. Um, mm-hmm. to create some and, good adaptation. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she has some shoulder impingement. So we got to make sure that her grip doesn't cause pain on her shoulder. She does a, she's a high bar squat. Mm-hmm. And, um, she also has uh, knee replacement surgery mm-hmm. and arthritis. So we're all making sure that she's increasing her range of motion mm-hmm. and the strength of, of the muscles around the joint at a deeper range of motion, of but without causing of course problems, causing injury yeah. so and it's been great to see her yeah. change i mean she mm-hmm. she had terrible knees three and a half years ago okay i mean it was really yeah it was yeah. scary to see how well, bad her health after was. i had the knee replacement i it didn't the the range of motion was limited probably. limited yeah. for such a long time but i just mm-hmm. for years just kept working at it mm-hmm. and working at it and that's how come i've, I've got that range of motion now mm-hmm. i could have stopped like most people do. Mm-hmm. It's, it hurts too much. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, a lot of things hurt, mm-hmm. but they're not um, debilitating. Yeah, you like can you work can still, do, yeah, you can work through it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people give up too soon, just because it hurts. So, but even with this Smith machine, with mm-hmm. the um, bringing it down, mm-hmm. the, the, um, for. Two months that I've been here, mm-hmm. this thing has been grinding. Like all you hear is the Her shoulder. Oh, it just—it sounds horrible. <laughs> Today I was gonna go out there. I was gonna get all excited about say to Jay, Jay, I don't hear it anymore. Oh, nice. Today, 
until the last one and I was doing five sets of eight. Mm -hmm. So Today the last the one I heard a little bit, but little not bit. like it was. Like you could hear, oh, yeah. you could stand there and hear it. Yeah. But yeah. we've been doing a lot of, you know, the typical shoulder rehab sure, work, chap three raises yeah. and dumbbell extensions. Yeah, and, and yeah. Jay's been changing up some of the ways I do mm -hmm. the things, and I think it's actually helped. So, so maybe like developing. Surprise, the, physio helps. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe developing some things like your rotator cuff musculature yes. and your posterior yeah. delts and things to create a little more balance in that shoulder joint. Mm. For sure, Michelle gave there a lot, like, like. Like you just mentioned, mm -hmm. trap treat, lower trapezius recruitment, mm -hmm. making sure her scaps are, you know, mm -hmm. moving up and down appropriately, et cetera, so that when she bench press. or press, whoop, things are gliding much more better. The humerus is sitting good in that joint, and there's a yeah. lot more balance to that joint. But she wasn't doing any of Smith Machine squats or anything until her end of her second year. She, yeah. I, I, yeah. I kept her mostly on machines and mm -hmm. going to a range of motion where she felt a stretch, mm -hmm. um, but not causing pain. Always sure. just don't cause pain because we're, if you want longevity, you don't yeah. want your client to be broken down. Yep. And I'm very, very sensitive to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the excruciating pain of uh, joint immobility. Mm -hmm. So it's been but I also believe is that because my background's in yoga, yeah, that sure. through repetition and flexibility mm -hmm. is is all about. That's really about daily repetition. Yes. Um, she has she has gotten so much amazing range of motion back, and um, I work also with several clients that have had knee reconstruction surgery, and we go through pre-surgery and then post-surgery, mm -hmm. and um, it's it's um, I always work as closely as I can with their physios and whatever their surgeon wants. Mm -hmm. They look at my programs, and um, it's amazing how much mobility you you can get back if you adhere to a good program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we're getting kind of towards the end of the podcast, and usually something that I like to ask all of my guests about to kind of close on and you guys can take this wherever you want and I'll, I'll ask each of you the question you'll each uh, answer it but um and we can start with you michelle uh since you're on this side and we'll go that way <laughs> <laughs> but what is you know in, in your journey maybe your fitness journey your life journey what was one of the most difficult obstacles that you faced and how did you encounter it and how did you overcome it and what you know how did you grow from it and like what was your what was the kind of mindset that you had to have to get through that because the name of my brand is fortitude sports performance and i called it that because sort of the universal thing that everyone faces in their life and that everyone kind of has that we can relate to one another no matter who you are what age you are what color you are what country you live in we all face adversity in some way shape or form so you know you in your life you're like what was one of the biggest adversities you faced and how did you overcome it? And how did you grow from it? Uh, well, in a nutshell, if I can put this in a nut, <laughs> um, like like so many women, I, I suffered from a, um, a, a eating disorder. So I mm -hmm. developed it when I was sixteen, and it was mm -hmm. through sports. Sure, um, I was at track and field. Mm -hmm. I, well, I was in every kind of sport mm -hmm. um, when I was in high school. But track and field, I wanted to be a I wanted to make it to regionals mm -hmm. um, in uh, hurdles. So, uh -huh. and the fastest girls were thinner. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's still not a lot of really great nutrition coaching for young female athletes. Sure. Um, and so I just, you know, starved myself. Mm -hmm. And then overate mm -hmm. to compensate. I remember I would eat like Ovaltine because it was a liquid. So yeah. in my 
15-year-old brain, okay, it's not food, it's liquid, yeah. like Ovaltine, and yeah. then I have a giant chocolate chip cookie at uh-huh. 4 o'clock, you know, from the school cafeteria. Uh-huh. Anyway, and it developed into a raging, raging eating disorder, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't overcome it till I was 30, and it was through mm-hmm. yoga, it was, it, was, it was through yoga training, and it was actually being... Um, for nine weeks, and I had a, there was 240 people in my yoga training, and 200, mm-hmm. 200 of them were women. I was 30 at the time, mm-hmm. and we did two classes a day. We had to do um, dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. memorizing and, and how to say a, a posture. Mm-hmm. So we had to work together in these groups, and then we would room together. So mm-hmm. all day for nine weeks, I was with mm-hmm. other women, and almost everyone had something going on with their body image sure. and around food sure. and. You know, it's just typical average people with average understanding of nutrition all swapping ideas of like mm-hmm. how to eat and mm-hmm. um, it was all disorganized. So yeah. it was, I was halfway through that program and uh, I was in the middle of the breathing exercise and uh, I just, it was just being surrounded by all that, you know, insanity and misinformation mm-hmm. and uh, self, you know, hatred that I, I was witness to. Um, I just, it helped me to to see what it was, that it was a complete waste of time and energy. Mm-hmm. And I was totally buying into a system of, you know, how women are disabled. Mm-hmm. And so it was like literally like before that moment, it was like living with heavy metal music in my head. That's how I describe mm-hmm. it. You know, if you ever suffer from anxiety um, or an addiction, it's, it's mm-hmm. like this, like this, this static in the background. Sure. Um, and on the other side, it was peace. Hmm. And uh, I've been cultivating that ever since. Um, for me, bodybuilding uh, cements that. It's just mm-hmm. so structured. Mm-hmm. I mean, real mm-hmm. bodybuilding is so freaking routine mm-hmm. and structured. I mean, it was great when you walked in. He said, yeah, I prioritize sleep. And I'm like, well, you know, somebody takes their health <laughs> seriously when they understand, yeah. like, yeah. you got to get your sleep, your hydration. Yeah. you got to get enough, you know, wholesome food and protein in your body. Mm-hmm. And you have to have some kind of a... a properly sequenced programming that's it so it's simple Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's i i love it i i love bodybuilding i love the yoga Mm -hmm. i love the nutrition um it's been life-changing sounds like you've found something that complements your mindset and your lifestyle very well and helps you kind of express yourself in that way Mm -hmm. that's really cool and it's been great to help other women it's been like, yeah. there's, I couldn't have dreamed up of a better career choice. It's been, of course, it's been amazing. We probably encounter so many people that kind of go through the same thing you went through. And so it probably mm-hmm. feels very rewarding to work with these people and kind of see them change and go through those same changes because you can relate very well. Interesting. JJ, what about you? Well, I have a couple of things, but... Um, Was it getting 20-inch biceps? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, well, I guess I'll go with um, around 18 years old. Okay. Now I'm 30, 38. Okay. Um, I was under the impression that um, life after 20 years old mm-hmm. uh, was not necessarily worth it. Oh, so, wow. yeah. Um, I was kind of in a dark space. Sure. And um, kind of realized that I had some addiction issues. Okay. Um, so... You know, I lost a scholarship mm-hmm. uh, as a hockey player. I was a hockey player mm-hmm. back in Canada um, through, like, collegial studies, like, out of the window. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I was in a, somewhat of a very dark place. Sure. But the only thing that I was like, wow, I'm feeling good when I'm doing this mm-hmm. um, is when I train. Sure. So... Uh, 
I guess, 20-inch arm bicep, <laughs> big shoulders and stuff. But in that hour, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, it really, it really makes me feel good, mm-hmm. even though um, I'm in a really dark place now. Mm-hmm. So then I was kind of soul-searching, and then mm-hmm. I realized, wow, maybe that's what I'm here for. Yeah. You know, you know the love of training, the, the feeling that you, that you have when you're doing it, mm-hmm. the feeling after... Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm here to share that with other people. And so I was like, you know what? Okay. I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be my, my mission. And mm-hmm. if it's, uh, you know, if it's at first swapping, I guess an addiction for another, yeah. uh, but a, a something much more positive. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know what? I'll, I'll do that. So it started slowly and surely to, rub off on um you know the i guess the training aspect taking care of my body started mm-hmm. to rub off in my everyday life so mm-hmm. uh, i was taking care of more of my um, hygiene mm-hmm. uh, like things like i guess at 19 going to bed earlier making sure that i like good nutrition etc mm-hmm. uh and then i became really passionate about um about fitness uh-huh. about even more passionate as i was knowing it more mm-hmm. and got my first personal trainer uh, mm-hmm. personal training courses started to work with people all kinds all kinds of of of, of clientele uh-huh. and and i could see that i was having you know it was having a, pre- a really good impact mm-hmm. um on on people and then i guess more and more i developed that passion of feeling good about myself mm-hmm. and feeling good about helping other people um, achieve what they, you know, what they want to achieve. So you really found a lot of meaning in this. Absolutely. Did you find yourself changing who you spent time around? Maybe you spent time around people mm-hmm. who weren't as good of an influence on you. And then you found yourself kind of linking up and spending time with some of these coaches and these other athletes that you mentioned. Absolutely. Um, I was in a, <laughs> I was in a punk band. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I was a, uh, I was a, a backup singer okay. I was a backup singer for a punk band and, and mm-hmm. the guys were pretty cool but mm-hmm. like you know it was a not a lifestyle that was really the best for me at sure, that time sure. and then yes I had to change my circle of friends as well mm-hmm. um, but it be, probably happened naturally based because your interests maybe changed absolutely yeah yeah and I wanted to stop mm-hmm. like whatever addiction I had at the time I was mm-hmm. like my friends were telling me oh Jay you don't have a problem I'm like Why, guys I'm telling you that I have a problem mm-hmm. so yeah, I need to change, you know, yeah. th- things around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, naturally, I started to change my circle of friends. Kind of gravitate towards what you maybe felt better around. Absolutely. Sure. One of the things that really um, clicked with me is that there was a, there was a point in time where um, smiling, laughing, having fun in life, uh-huh. it was not really in my vocabulary. Yeah. And it was not necessarily something that I was, wow, okay, yeah, life is fun. Yeah. And um, one of the first night that I attend to a narco- uh, NA Narcotics Anonymous uh-huh. meeting, um, I had so much fun. Yeah. I laughed like for about two to three hours. Uh-huh. I was like, "Wow, drug free could be something yeah. really cool, actually." Yeah, yeah, sure. And taking care of myself uh-huh. could be something really cool as well. Yeah. So I was hooked. Yeah. Um, and then passion of bodybuilding yeah. I, I could go on and on but everything the just kind of compounded on itself and grew and snowballed and and you work with people now and you're doing cool things absolutely <laughs> yeah so i would say that's the biggest that and at 33 um quickly 
uh, Michelle Sami, uh, she was in Tulum actually in 2012. Um, I decided to, with, with a friend who I was working with, we decided to do like maxes in the gym. So uh -huh. the most crock row that you can <laughs> do and like, okay, let's do one rep max testing on the squat. And, okay. and I screwed up my back. Like, oh, wow. yeah, big time. I was terrible. Having, terrible. I was having trouble walking like 100 meters uh -huh. and I had to put a knee down, starts to stretch. Uh -huh. And it went on like for maybe two, three years. Wow. Uh, and even though you know, he um, had to get ready for a show. Doing, I, I was so mad. Yeah, I was so mad. I said, I, said, I can't believe you, 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 you did, did this. That. With uh, crappy form, lifting yeah. heavy weight <laughs> with your friend. <laughs> and uh, so he, I made him do, he did yoga on yoga. his knees. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so we did yoga on his knees. He, I said, uh, you got to compete. So yeah. do friggin' knee, knee extensions, do leg extensions, and do hamstring curls. Yeah. Keep you maintaining squat, your sky and just, it, you know, make it happen. Get on that don't, don't give kickback, up. kickback. Yeah. <laughs> don't give up. He could, hardly, he could walk about 10 steps and then he'd be like, yeah. oh, and I said, I married a younger man. <laughs> I married an older man. Yeah. So we got to fix this. Oh man, she hit you in the testosterone. Oh man, big time. <laughs> and the thing is, what, like, it, it lasted for almost two years. Mm. And found a great... And, and one day it was like, okay, Jay. Found a great Cairo. Yeah, found a great Cairo, obviously. But he was like, Jay, what are you doing right now? It's not working. You're coming back. You're getting a little better, but then you're falling down again. So then I had to reassess. Um, again, even though you know like proper bracing, proper mm -hmm. overload progression, stuff mm -hmm. like that, sometimes like you need a, a bad luck. Not a bad luck. <laughs> you need series of events to help you realize yeah. that, hey, you need to rethink things yeah, here. Yeah. Um, and through rehab and, and actually taking off some of the lifting, like squats, deadlift, et cetera, yeah. that I was doing and relearning those movement mm -hmm. patterns the right way yes. um, and applying proper principles of progressive overload, mm -hmm. um, now I'm able to do whatever yeah, I want to do. Fully, yeah, you're yeah, fully. Yeah, it's amazing. Fully operational. Because yeah. at one time we were thinking he'd have to have spinal surgery. surgery. Spinal yeah. surgery, yeah. And the last... What three years he did a powerlifting meet? Yeah, and he hit multiple volume PRs, PRs. And so that that was for sure one of the biggest challenge, and now I'm cured. So hell yeah, man! Yeah. I, I one of the biggest things that I'll say is that injury can be one of the biggest teachers. Sometimes for sure, I've had you know my share of injuries, and one of the things that I would attribute my knowledge of rehab, of training, of technique, of form, uh, a large part of you know my success now has been previous injuries that I've experienced that I've had to troubleshoot, self-educate on, learn about, yeah. you know, it, it's a very large stimulus for growth um, in terms of lifting because you'll never go approach that same exercise ever again because of that large consequence mm -hmm. that happened yeah. because of, you know, maybe you, you braced improperly or maybe you, you know, didn't use a certain muscle to help lift it as much as another one, you know, maybe less emphasis on technique. And I think that, you know, having some of those things happen, it, it forces you to get creative. You learn how to train around it. You learn all these new exercises. And then, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you're that much better able to relate to and deal with, you know, clients or athletes that you work with that experience the same thing, you know, uh, just like what you mentioned, you know, some of the stuff that you went through, um, you know, when you were 30 and going through uh, the yoga with your eating disorder and, and whatnot, you know, it just turns you into that much more of a well-rounded experience. Absolutely. Individual. Absolutely. Now, last but not least, Joan. <laughs> and it's going to be least because I'm going, I'm listening to all these stories and going, oh, what have I done? <laughs> um, 
Okay, you want to give me the question again? Yeah. So, 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 what is you know what are what is and it can be super simple because I mean ev there's hundreds of people listening to this. You know, there's always someone that can relate, and sometimes some of the most simple things are some of the most profound. So, you know, what is some an obstacle or, or uh, adversity that you've been faced with that you've had to overcome, and maybe you're not even done overcoming it yet. You know, it can be something you're still working towards. Yeah. So, what is some? What is a big challenge? You know, a, a type of adversity that you faced or are still facing, and how have you overcome it, or how are you working to overcome it? Okay, it's 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 something like, okay, I lost the weight. Mm -hmm. I've done everything, but this is Michelle's. This is her life. Mm -hmm. She does it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. And I have been like bringing that up constantly, mm -hmm. but I'm still here. Mm -hmm. I'm still working on. It's not just Michelle's life. It's your life too. It's my life too now. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I balked again against a lot of, mm -hmm. of, of learning. And um, hopefully I have overcome most of it. Mm -hmm. um, the knee thing, mm -hmm. like I said, I worked and worked and worked on that because sure. I did not want it to limit me. Because sure. the same thing when I had uh, my partial bone mm -hmm. out of my leg, mm -hmm. they said I'd probably have a limp mm -hmm. and going. I don't want to I was limp. 16. Yeah. I don't want to limp. Yeah. So did I limp? Not that I was ever aware of. Mm -hmm. um, I might, when I get really tired, drag it a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. it just doesn't move the same way. But, hey, now I'm lopsided. I was, I was lopsided. Now I'm kind of even. I had the one knee done. And I had this leg that I, that I worked at. It's just, just be consistent. Um. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have to be, and mm -hmm. I'm just curious as to how it's all going to turn out. Mm -hmm. um, I don't say nay to <laughs> these two very much anymore because they have so much knowledge. Mm -hmm. I've always thought, you know, you can always learn from the young, mm -hmm. not just the old. <laughs> yeah, it's so, true. So it sounds like sounds like you're, you're very focused on keeping an open mind towards trying new things. Definitely have to keep an open mind because if I was like some people I know, <laughs> I'm not going to mention names, I would, yeah, I would retard my, my progress. Mm -hmm. so, totally. So keeping an open mind, you know, it doesn't seem like you're the type of person to make excuses for yourself. Not a lot, mm -hmm. no. No, it did. Or, or place limitations on, you know, what no, you can do. No, I, I want to, I try. Mm -hmm. That's, I think they can agree with that. I yeah. always, no matter what they ask, I try. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do it, I'll admit I can't do it. But usually, you show up. I think I come through, don't I? Most yeah. Of the time. <laughs> oh yeah, and she'll ask you, like, yeah. like you'll, yeah, you'll be, you'll be working, and like, okay, yeah. the program, Jay, uh, I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's sit down, let's, uh, let's think up the notes, and yeah. let's make. It's always around technology. Yeah. You, yeah. You show up. You put your best Absolutely. effort in. She you puts keep your best an open effort. mind, and and I think that is probably one of the biggest takeaways from this podcast is to not be closed-minded, to not put limitations on yourself. Yep. You know, you, you're, definitely, your, definitely. Poten your potential, your ceiling isn't necessarily where you think it is. 
you know, and, and I think that's one of the biggest limiting factors. People put limitations on themselves as to where they can, you know, where they can get, where they can reach. You set it yourself. You set a 30 pound weight loss goal. You hit it. And you're like, well, I guess I can keep on going. You know, yeah. I think that, I think that really says a lot and speaks to, you know, that people, once they really get dialed in and once they really kind of understand, you know, the process and they put the work in and they are consistent, that they can really get a little bit further than they realize they can. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it can start whatever, whatever level you're at. Like mm -hmm. if you look back and I think that's why, you know, Jones transformation is like, whoa. Yeah. If you look back from like totally objective, the odds were not necessarily in like high, high blood sure. pressure, kidney issues, yeah. like 200 pounds, 5'3", yeah. knee pain, et cetera, et cetera. And she was like, you know what? And living far away from us. Living far away from us. Um, and, and then Michelle and Joan, one night they had, they had a heart to heart yeah. and Joan said, you know what, Michelle, I might fall, but I'll, I'll give it a go yeah. and I'll stand up again and walk forward. And here she is today. Yeah. You're like, whoa, that's, that's a story that has a lot of, a lot of power. A lot of power. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the last thing I would, oh, it's. I, th I think that's evident in the 800 plus thousand <laughs> followers on your Instagram these days. I think, you know, being with. <laughs> You know, I've, I've been with them closely through all of this um, and and definitely like, you know, using the macros at the food, like with most people, has been one of the most challenging mm -hmm. parts. And, and with her Instagram, mm -hmm. how to navigate Instagram, mm -hmm. it's hard to remember mm -hmm. for her, um, you know, where, where the story is and mm -hmm. how to put a story together and how to do a tag and sure. all those little things that we kind of take sure. for granted and take us a nanosecond to do, mm -hmm. mom struggles with. And My mom struggles with it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there have been a lot of tears and frustrations, yeah. Yeah. and mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it takes it takes us sometimes, literally, like Jay said, it takes an hour out mm -hmm. of our day to like go over something with her, and and you know, we'll get her to write notes down right. and how to organize her notes to go through it. But I, I brought this up because it's an example of you know, she's never given up, and I'm yep, sure yeah. I think one of the things that I think might keep some older people or anyone from trying to break out of their shell and uh -huh. doing the scary stuff where change is occurring is mm -hmm. that they're afraid of feeling stupid yeah, sure. or they're afraid of um, you know, trying and failing. Sure. And I love when Tony Robbins says, you know, look at a kid. You, know, you don't mm -hmm. give a kid five chances to learn to walk. No. They, they're just going to keep trying and falling yeah. until they freaking learn to walk. And that's yeah. how it is. And, and I think if, as we get older, we can maintain that for ourselves. And if we yeah, have sure. a dream to just keep trying, try different ways, yeah, try to get helped yeah. and learn from your mistakes, but keep trying and be okay that you make mistakes. Yeah. Really but like don't give that. up. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. What's next for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> food, post-workout meal. Post -workout meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Can we say that uh, the ebook e is coming out? Yeah, ebook. Oh, so cool. mm -hmm. we've been very slow with putting together an ebook um, for mom, for yes. mom's followers, people. Um, she's demonstrated uh, a whole series of exercises at home, exercises awesome. to do. So that's should be it's out. Um, yeah. yeah, in September. In September. The food and yeah. The exercises, the food. That's the really big and thing. And it's for, for us. new people as well as older people. Like anyone that wants to start out. Because I have a lot of younger people yeah, too that sure. are surprisingly following me. Yeah. You know, it's. That's cool. Yeah. It's freaking amazing. That's yeah. Cool. And she'll be demonstrating everything. So yeah. it's not going to be like some. Some I, perfect image of somebody perfectly doing stuff is going to be a real, yeah. you know, athlete. Raw. Raw. 
That's right. Joan Unchained. <laughs> that's so. That's so awesome. That's so amazing. Um, uh, th- I think this was a really great podcast. It's probably one of the ones that I've liked the most. I think it's so applicable to so many people of different ages and different backgrounds. Um, if you guys want to each, uh, where can we find you? Uh, you can follow. You can see us on. Um, uh, me on Instagram, your healthy okay. hedonista. Okay. JJ? You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Jean-Jacques Barrette, all in, all in one word. <laughs> okay. And then also Tulum Strength Club. Tulum Strength Club. And then Joan is... And you can follow me on the train with Joan. All right. On YouTube and... Instagram? Instagram. That's amazing, guys. Well, thank you so much for hopping on Fortitude Live with me today. Thank you so much. Thank it's you been thank really, you. really fun and oh it's been God. great. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been relaxing. <laughs> it's really cool. Well, that is it for today, guys. Thank you all for listening. I hope you got something from this. You know, this was a really, really great chance to record, so I'm, I'm glad we got it. Um, for those of you listening, you know, if you're young, if you're old, I think, uh, I think the overwhelming uh, message today is that no matter how old you are, you know, you always have potential, you know, the limit is likely much further than what you place for yourself. You know, you're never, it's never too late to make a transition. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, I think that, that, you know, your potential is what you make it. Mm-hmm. So thanks guys. Well said. <laughs> well said <yeah. laughs> awesome. That is it. We are out. <laughs>